We are joined by Edward Lewis, publisher of the Bruin Sports Report on the Rivals.com Yahoo Sports Network. Edward, how is life in Southern California treating you uh, these days? It's pretty good, man. We're uh, kind of waiting for it to cool down out here. I mean, it's still 80 degrees out in L.A., but everything's great, man. It's been a, been a good ride out here. Been kind of an interesting season for you for UCLA. Uh, you know they're they're still in the Pac-12 South race. They're they're still ranked at number 25. But uh, I mean, this was a, a football team that was ranked number seven coming into the season. Just how disappointing has the start to to their season been? And and what have been the main factors that have kept UCLA from living up to that preseason hype? I mean, honestly, you know, from from just an unbiased perspective, from an outsider perspective, I don't know what the team will tell you. I mean, obviously, the team will tell you it's not disappointing or whatever. But but from a from a guy that was covering the team and 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 saw all the hype and the expectations and watched this team in fall camp and knows the talent on this roster, I think it's supremely disappointing. I mean, Brett Hundley is a fourth year quarterback, and yeah, they're pretty young, like on the offensive line and and young, you know, really everywhere else. They're only starting a couple seniors and whatever. But this is a very experienced team. You know, let alone even though there are sophomores everywhere and freshmen everywhere and some juniors everywhere and not a whole lot of seniors, it's an experienced team. I mean, they returned I think like 18 starters from last year's squad, including their quarterback and their running back and receivers. I mean, it was just all set up for a huge year. And then you know they they've lost these two games already, and then they the four or five games they've won, they've only looked good in one of them. The Arizona State game they blew out ASU out ASU, but the other three or four they could have easily lost, and that's the teams like Memphis. You know, teams like uh, Cal, I mean, these aren't, they're not losing like FSUs or anything like that. So I, I think it's been supremely disappointing. I think, you know, it's been a kind of a low ride for, for UCLA fans already this year. Now, every team in the Pac-12 South does have at least one conference loss at this point. Is there still a feeling around the UCLA program and maybe within the fan base that their preseason goals are still in front of them? Or is that disappointing start uh, made, uh, you know, started to creep doubt into to what they can accomplish this season? Well, yeah, I mean, the goal for them wasn't necessarily to win the Pac-12 South or make the Pac-12 title game. I mean, I think they were beyond that. I think in the first two years of Jim Moore, that was kind of the, the goal, was to win the Pac-12 South and see what you could do in the Pac-12 title game. I mean, this year, they were talking national championship. I mean, Kurt Herbstreit had them, I think, winning the whole thing. And, and you know, all those ESPN analysts had them in the Final Four. And, and, and to not even be really ranked in the top 25, I think they're outside of the top 25 in the coaches' poll, it's just kind of alarming to everybody. So, I mean, yeah, there is still a chance they win the Pac-12 South. There's still a chance they win the Pac-12. But with two losses and the way they've looked in these first kind of seven games, I, I think the Final Four is out of the picture. And I think that's what, you know, all UCLA fans really cared about heading into the season, whether that's unrealistic or not. You mentioned Brett Hundley and his experience at quarterback. He he does rank third in the conference in pass efficiency. Uh, again, he kind of not living up to the preseason hype in terms of some people having him as a Heisman Trophy candidate. Uh, he, it seems like he's still performing at a pretty high level. Is he just not getting much help on offense? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things with Brett. I mean, the first and foremost is he's really good. I mean, in terms of just, you know, being a college quarterback and, and, and you know, winning games and, and making plays and, you know, scrambling around, he, he's very good. I mean, there there may not be 10 quarterbacks in the nation better than him. The problem, again, is just the expectations and the hype and stuff. I mean, everybody thought he'd be this would be the year he'd be the number one overall draft pick kind of thing, you know, a guy that really takes a step up and, you know, learns to read defenses and learns to kill or kill defenses like Marcus Mariota or Cam Newton or all those guys, Andrew Luck, you know, uh, RG3, all those guys before him that had that preseason hype, that had that Heisman hype. And he just hasn't really taken that big of a step from really even his redshirt freshman year when he was starting under Jim Moore in his first season, you know, under Jim. And, and I think that's got a lot of fans kind of concerned and a lot of people disappointed. Granted, I mean, all that being said, he's he's phenomenal. He's the way he takes off and runs. He's elite. I don't I don't know if there's any quarterback better than him 
west of Texas that, that runs better than him. But he doesn't see defenses very well. When 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 teams get pressure on him in terms of, you know, kind of constantly around his feet or in his face, he doesn't handle it very well and starts going through his progressions way too quickly and not trusting his receivers to get open. So a lot of knocks on his game and a lot of things that, that people are concerned about, especially at the next level going to the NFL. But, I mean, he's a pretty good quarterback, and you said he should feel lucky to have him right now. The, the Bruins rank last in the conference in sacks allowed, uh, despite having some experience on that offensive line. What, what's been the, the main issue there? Yeah, a lot of it is the tackles. You know, they've been very unfortunate at the tackle position. They, they've had a, a lot of good tackles come through here. Simon Goins, Torian White, you know, uh, uh, Connor McDermott, um, even Malcolm Munch or whatever, but they've all gotten hurt. You know, uh, Simon, Simon Goins has had surgery again in, in, the, in August. He's, come, he's, he's starting to come back around. You know, there's talk that he may, you know, play in the next couple of weeks or whatever, but he's still injured. Connor McDermott, the shoulder injury finally just healed up last week, and he looked like the best tackle they've had in about a year and a half last week. Uh, but, I mean, every all those tackles have been hurt. So then they put in guys like Caleb Beninock and, and Malcolm Bunch at the tackle spots, and those two guys are probably better suited to be guards. So they really don't have the feet to keep up with speed ends. And that's, you know, in the Utah game, they just speed ran right around him, especially Malcolm Bunch, and, and scored a lot of sacks. And the other thing is Brett. I mean, Brett, you know, like I said, he doesn't really see the field very well. He doesn't really have a good feel for, for, you know, pressure in the pocket. So he takes a lot of unnecessary sacks as well. So it's kind of a combo of things. I mean, the tackles aren't great at pass pro, and Brett isn't great at feeling or seeing the rush. So that's why they're giving up a lot of sacks. But it's getting better. Connor McDermott's starting now, and, and they're, they're trying to get Simon Goins back in there. So we'll see how, how it all unfolds kind of down the stretch here. Defensively, Eric Kendricks and Miles Jack, that, that's a pretty formidable linebacker duo for the Bruins. Uh, they, they rank second and ninth in the conference in tackles, respectively. Mike McIntyre talked up Ishmael Adams, uh, a Bruins cornerback in a pretty electric return man uh, for UCLA. What, what have been the strengths and weaknesses of the Bruins' defense this season? Well, strengths are, are just individually. Uh, if you look at just across the board, man for man, there aren't a whole lot of guys on that on in the conference that you would take over the guys on UCLA's defense. I mean, I think Kenny Clark's a Sunday player, probably a first round pick. I think Eddie Vanderdos is a Sunday player, probably a top three round pick. Um, you know, O, o Magbe Odigizua is probably a top four or five round pick. Uh, you know, at, at the at the DB spot, you know, Jaleel Wadu, the freshman, uh been killing it. I mean, guys like Miles Jack, I think is probably an eventual top two round pick. Eric Kendrick's gonna be a long time NFL player. So individually their strengths are very, very good. Like if you get them in one on one space or you get the one on one matchup you want, they're always gonna win. Now, that being said, their their weaknesses is kind of the scheme. Uh Jeff Ulbrich is the new defensive coordinator out here that he's replacing Lou Spanos, you know, in the off season and he just really hasn't adjusted to this level yet. He 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 comes from an NFL background, obviously playing 10 years with the 49ers and a couple of years with the Seahawks or whatever, coaching with the Seahawks. And, and a lot of what he wants to do is just real NFL kind of vanilla defense, just play gaps, sound gap style, and, you know, real kind of man a man on the sides with cover two on the back end. And it just hasn't really worked. I mean, the guys are, are in this at this level of college football, you know, especially guys like Miles Jack and Eric Kendricks who are so good at making plays. You know, they, they kind of bust their assignments a whole lot to go to try to go and make the play on the other side of the field. So a lot of misdirections that the teams run against them get overplayed and overpursued, and they give big chunks of yards when people do play actions or, or, or counters or screens or swings or anything like that, and it kind of throws off this whole defense. So a lot of these last couple of weeks have been kind of Jeff Ulbrich really learning how to, to adjust to this level and learning how to make adjustments and learning how to 
you know, make this defense, put this defense in a spot to be more successful. So he's still kind of tinkering with things, but that's kind of the problem with them right now is they don't really have an identity. They're not a 3-4, they're not a 4-3, they're not a 4-2-5. They run a lot of nickel, you know, so they don't really have an identity and they don't really have a scheme yet. But once they settle that down, like I said, individually it's a really good defense. It almost appeared as if the the Bruins overlooked Colorado a little bit last year when when the Buffs traveled out to Pasadena. Uh, now UCLA still won the game, but uh, do you think th- they might be taking Colorado a little bit more seriously this time around because of uh, you know the competitiveness Co- Colorado did show against them last year? Yeah, that's, I think a lot of last year was that quarterback Sefo was was I think he was relatively new. I want to say that was his like first or second or third start or something like that, and I don't think UCLA was really prepared for it. Um, I think they are a little bit more now, and especially after seeing them. You know, it could go both ways, I guess. You know, after seeing USC just completely destroy them last week, you know, USC and UCLA have kind of a similar talent level. So I think UCLA sees itself as, you know, we should beat this team by 100 or whatever, you know. Um, but I, that could also go both ways. You know, they, they have a big game coming up against Arizona next week. You know, top 10 team, top 15 team, one of their Pac-12 South rivals, probably going to decide the Pac-12 South championship or have one of the big implications of the Pac-12 South championship. So I could see them also overlooking Colorado. So it kind of goes both ways. I mean, uh, uh, they know Colorado's not very good. They know they're probably better in Colorado, and they know there's a big game on the horizon. So I could see it kind of maybe they do overlook Colorado, but I could also see, you know, they know what, what Colorado brings to the table in terms of Cepho and how they, how they did it last year at the Rose Bowl. So we'll see. Before we let you go, Edward, I'm going to put you on the spot and, and ask for a game prediction and, and just kind of how do you see UCLA matching up against Colorado in this one? Yeah, I, I just think the talent level is so big that, that even if UCLA does come out a little flat, you know, a little bit overlooking Colorado, I just can't see UCLA losing this football game. I mean, there's too much talent all over the field. The talent level is just so different between Colorado and UCLA. I've got UCLA maybe in a close first half, you know, where they get a little bit shocked by, wow, Colorado's not that bad or whatever. But I think in the second half they pull away with, with you know, all the firepower they have. I'd say probably UCLA 42-ish to Colorado, like 20-ish, and that would probably be my, my prediction. Okay. That was Edward Lewis, publisher of the Bruin Sports Report on the Rivals.com Yahoo Sports Network. Edward, thanks for coming on the show. Of course, man. Anytime.